All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best. You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcast. Welcome to Podkiss 56. I'm Ken Mills. I'm Gary Schaller. And we got a lot of cool stuff tonight. What do we have? A visit from Andrew Scambetti, who is one of the members of Mr. Speed, who are now the official number one Kiss tribute band in the world. And they won the Monster Mini Golf Contest, and they recently played in front of Kiss. Awesome. My God, can you imagine doing that? No, I, I, I would uh, get all the, the clumped. I mean, even just like with, you, you know, if you had your own band and it wasn't like a Kiss tribute band. I mean, that alone would be nerve-wracking, but then being... You know, like being in a Kiss tribute band playing in front of the members of Kiss to me would just be Kiss stuff. Yeah, terrifying. That, that that would be an interesting experience to say. The uh, least. But there's tons of great new Kiss stuff. A lot of stuff happening in the world of Kiss. It looks like we might be having a tour with Motley Crue. They have a countdown on their website, and Kiss has a countdown on their website. What do you think of that, Gary? I've never seen Motley Crue. I'm not a big Motley Crue fan. Uh, you know, I. I <laughs> Vince Neil, something about him irritates me. I think you agree. You know, mm-hmm. There's things he, you know, right? Um, I, you know, on the other hand, I've, for me, I've never really been all that spectacularly thrilled about any band that plays with Kiss. Not just because I care more about Kiss, but mostly when I go to a Kiss concert, I just want to see Kiss. Well, who would you like to see open for Kiss? If it, Blue, if, if, Blue if, if it, Blue, Blue Oyster Cult. For historical purposes, but I mean, like you know, nostalgic reasons. Uh, but also because I like Blue Oyster Cult a lot, and I don't feel like they get enough love, and they don't get to play in arenas very often. And uh, they're a great live band; they're terrific. Well, I would like to see the Kiss Alice Cooper tour at some point. Right. But I'd also like to see Cheap Trick open oh, for yeah. the band again. Oh yeah. Solid, solid double bill there. Right. And uh, the other thing, I would like to see Black Veil Brides. That's a current band that I think would do well with Kiss. But that would anyway. be fun. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm part of that uh, strange minority that likes, you know, the idea of Lady Gaga opening for Kiss. No, I'm not a Lady Gaga <laughs> fan. Her music does nothing for me. But the idea of like, you know, kind of shock rock, outrageous theatrics, and bringing in like a lot of young fans. You know what I mean? Well, there's also this. Kiss could take a really neat page from the current Van Halen tour book. They're having Cool in the Gang open up for them and you know there's just something about seeing van halen and cooling the gang and celebrate good times come on that's kind of cool so you know i could handle like kissing huey lewis as weird as that could sound that would be just something bizarre that would be no, I, just, a, just a fun band you know what i mean no i totally get that and i think that's that like 1970s um you know, kind of festival. Yeah, show. like where you would have like Uriah Heep, mm-hmm. Bob Seger, Kiss, and Foghat on the same bill, and like at some point you go, these guys really have nothing to do with one another, except their rock. You know, so yeah. oh, that's so, cool. So whoever goes, uh, have a good time at the shows, and let us know what you think. And like us on Facebook, right? Yes, like us on love us on Facebook. No, they don't have a love button. There's a like button, but anyway, love um, button. I think that's the follow up to Monster. Yes, yes. And speaking love, love of Monster, that. are we yes. thinking we're going to hear anything about that record uh, on Tuesday as well? Or Well, let's let's place bets. By the time you hear this, it's probably already happened or it's going to happen. I'm going to say nothing new. I'm going to say yeah. that they'll say we've got a new album coming out, but I I just can't see Kiss doing a brand new song that no one's ever heard anywhere. No, no, I, I don't think we're going to hear 
them perform a new song. Not not live, not on TV, no new. No, no. But I think that um, you know they might do that thing on, on Kiss Online. I hope they do something like they did with you know Modern Day Delilah. They reveal the artwork and the, mm-hmm. have like a preview of a track. I want it. <laughs> As as much as we like the fun of Kiss Comics and Kiss Putt Putt Calls and Kiss Cruises and Kiss Harmonicas and Kiss Braid sets, uh, we like new albums. So, you know, I'm I'm waiting for the Kiss Kazoo, the Kiss the Kiss Zoo, the Kiss Zoo. But that's going to sound like animals. The Kiss Zoo. Ah, they well, that, that would too. tie it in with Animalize. Did you see Kiss when Crew opened the first time? No, I saw the Plasmatics on that tour. That was Creatures. Yes. Uh-huh. Very cool. Plasmatics was Wendy O. Williams' band, right? Correct. Oh, very good. How was that? Uh, amazing. Yeah. Very inter- it, it, No matter what, you could at least say that uh, it was interesting. Were, were you one of the people who knew that it was going to be Vinnie Vincent? I found out on the way there. Uh, we were literally driving through a snowstorm, and on the radio, they, they mentioned that Ace would not be there, but the new guy, Vinnie the Wiz Vincent... And I was like, what? What would it have taken for you to turn around? Well, dude, you already had the incredibly high price ticket. What was it, 13 bucks at the time or something like that? I I forget. I don't have my stub. Right. Uh, I have the whole limb. Anyway, um, but, you know, you're you're there. It's Kiss. What are you going to do? Right. You know what I'm saying? And at the time, it was the Ace got in a car wreck and Vinny's helping the band out thing. So you saw him under the under the pretense of like he's gonna Ace is gonna come back. This guy's filling in. Yeah, right. And then the time before that that you'd seen them was what Dynasty. Yeah, Dynasty. Yeah, if, if you had to say right, because these are two, I don't know. I mean, they're they're two very polarizing eras, right? Like people talk about the Dynasty tour like it was really bad, and people talk about the Creatures tour like it was really good. And if you had to say one way or the other, having seen them, you know, back to back, what was that like? Well, I'll say this much, and this isn't a political answer. They're both Kiss shows, straight up. Let me put it this way. The Creatures Tour and the Lick It Up Tour, to a lesser extent, among some fans, are like badges of honor. If you were there, it's like, man, you should have been there. And you probably should have been there. You know, it would have been really cool. That was the darkest we ever saw Kiss. Like the Creatures, you mean the heaviest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Whereas, yeah, the, no, I where, see whereas that. the dynasty was definitely day glow and bright colors out of the darkness and all that. Yeah, they're, and they're both eras that that seem to get like not enough coverage in terms of film clips or you know like solid audio recordings. Um, you know, whereas like other tours are just you were like as fans inundated with footage and, and audio. It's really hard to find you know creature shows. There's only one dynasty show floating around to my knowledge, uh, and that's the Largo show that's on Kissology, but you know, creatures. It's you know, few, few you know, handheld camera bootlegs. There's Rio, and that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And you know what? Let's go. Unless, back. of course, Kiss has something we don't know about. You know, come on, K4. So right, right. Come on. Um, and let's go back to the Dynasty era because that's something that you know, you and I were talking about. We don't we don't hear nearly enough of. But I want to play something from that era, 1979, Kiss live on podcast.
I know I've talked to you in the past about how I used to record things, kiss interviews off the television. This was one of the ones that I recorded. This was uh, from Cleveland, Ohio, WEWS, and it aired during a show called The Afternoon Exchange. Back before we had, uh, you know, Jerry Springer and stuff like that, we used to have these uh, regional shows, you know, and like right. Gilligan's Island on one channel and then this on the other. Now, this is during the, like, promo tour, not concert tour, but promo tour for the solo albums, is that right? Yes. This is when Paul was wearing his uh, silver pants right. and that jacket, and uh, Pete had the, the Panthers, Ace had the all silver suit, right. and Gene had that ridiculous Dracula cape with the incredibly large... Like the collar that yeah, picks up. Yeah. yeah, it was incredibly large. It was, right. it was like flying nun socks. <laughs> right. so, so and, so and so Paul had the shiny pants so that if fans came up to him and said, I could really see myself in your pants, then oh, he would say, yeah, there you are. I'm straight there. Horrible joke. <laughs> this was uh, an interview done by a local disc jockey from WMMS, if anybody knows the radio station, Denny Sanders, and he did it down at Cosmic Comics, and this was one of those interviews I used to listen to to try to figure out how to talk like Gene and stuff like that. It worked, and, man. You do a good Gene Simmons. I'll tell oh, you. Well, thanks. In this interview, he does a very bad joke about uh, Thor. Like, about Thor, okay. Yeah, because he says something like, when you're hurt, when you're Thor. Ah. Yeah, and it, it, it doesn't get any better with age. But uh, now with the, movie, with the Thor movie coming out, people actually might know what he's talking about. So anyway, let's flip the Wayback Machine, turn that channel to Channel 5 WEWS out of Cleveland with Danny Sanders interviewing... Much younger, Gene Simmons. Take it away. And the rest of Gene Simmons of KISS. And he's here with us in one of the very best comic book stores in all of Cleveland, Cosmic Comics. I come here often, as a matter of fact. Yes, he comes here often. Cosmic Comics in the Colonial Plaza in downtown Cleveland. And Gene, you're a real comic book fan. You've been for many years, haven't you? It's true. As a matter of fact, among the other things that I've been involved with, comic books have always been near and dear to me. You know, without uh, people like the Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, and all the rest of the weirdos out there with all kinds of social problems that Marvel has put out, some of the DC heroes too, without the comic book heroes we wouldn't have been around, that's for sure. I guess comic books in general and all of the sort of surrealism that you see in the pages of good comics help to form the basic nucleus for KISS, don't you think? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I think without comic books, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the young people out there who have uh, kind of vivid imaginations and who think that there's somebody else, when in fact they really are, but of course they only change when the lights go out, but nobody else is watching. Uh, without comic books, without outlets like... Uh, Secret Slum... No, no, that's the wrong magazine. You can't That's the wrong there. table, Gene. We wrong table. Without obvious outlets, without... You know, being young and thinking that you're Thor, or, or that you're hurt, or that you're Thor. If you're, no, I can't do that, guys. No, without, without having an outlet for your fantasy, it's hard to grow up and be mature. I mean, I refuse to do that. I refuse to grow up. There's no reason at all why people can't remain young, at least in their minds, all their lives. There's just no reason. Come real close to heaven And knock it down 
all this imagination all around us. Uh, oh, God, look at that. A great superhero comic. One of your favorites, huh? One of my favorites. One of the, uh, the all-time bestsellers, as I understand it. How do you feel about that after all these years of being a comic book fan, having one of the biggest-selling Marvel comics of all time? Uh, God, that's a great question. Well, I mean, to say that it's a dream come true is, uh, is a little bit playing it down, except that, uh, I guess nobody else that's ever read Mar Marvel Comics can say that. I don't know. I think maybe KISS fans are a special breed of people. I think they're not afraid to go against the stream of things. I think that they're not afraid of even going to the rock and roll concerts and makeup and actually trying to live out a part. They may be similar to the science fiction and fantasy fans that go dressed up as the Hulk or, uh, or the Silver Surfer or somebody else. There's something really special in people that have vivid imaginations that makes them disregard all the, all the kind of uh, silly rules that society plays on us about how we dress, how we look. You know, there's a lot of there are a lot of laws about how you're supposed to look walking down the street. You're supposed to wear this when you go here. When you go to church, you're supposed to wear this. When you do this, you're supposed to do that. Even the way, you know, your mother and father want you to appear a certain way. Your preacher wants you to appear a certain other way. And when you go for a job, they want you to look a different way. Well, this is the way I look, and you can't face it. Coming up this summer, you say that you're going to be putting a big show on the road. Can you tell us something about that? Everything about us has to do with being big. Uh, when, in fact, you know, our main purpose in life has always there been... There's no comparison there, is there? How, what do you think about those shoe sizes, guys? <laughs> Mine are 1298 specials at Uncle Bill's. Yeah. Where do you get your stuff? How do you get this? Do you, do you design this stuff to yourself? Yeah, in fact, you walk into strange stores or what? It's... it's uh, it's the way a scientist figures out how to do a new thing. You know, it's, it's the way a designer figures out how to design a new set of duds. You go into, sometimes you go into a junk shop, and I'm pretty serious about this. You'll see strange things, strange designs. Uh, you may go to a museum and you, you may see different kinds of outfits. Or the obvious perfect thing is to pick up any comic book where everybody goes nuts. And, you know, there are artists designing hundreds of thousands of different outfits different costumes, different designs, different facial makeup. I mean, makeup is nothing new. Comic book heroes have been doing it forever. And, be and before them, people like Al Jolson, and before them, even people like, uh, I don't know, Indians going out on war paths would always paint themselves up. So there's just nothing new under the sun. So what you have to do, hopefully, what, all, what this all boils down to is your imagination. When you go to a KISS show, it's the place where nobody's going to tell you to be quiet. There's nobody that's going to tell you, you can't scream here, you can't make noise, you can't jump up and down on your seats. The prerequisite of any KISS show is before we step up on stage, everybody rises. There's a kind of an homage paid. And I accept it, you know. I mean, I know that the people out there are waiting to see the greatest show of their life, and they stand up in expectation. And it's not easily won. You know, if we don't put out for them, they destroy us. 
So they, before we even hit the first note, we step up on that stage and everybody gets up off their seat because they're expecting something special. And because there's that expectation, we, you know, there's that equal transfers. You give us something, we'll give you something. Make me feel important and I'll give you the show of your life. Kiss, one of the most important bands in the whole world, one of the most entertaining bands in the whole world. Coming back to Cleveland, what are you talking about? Like maybe the summertime? Late spring, early summer, we'll be coming back to Cleveland to give uh, Cleveland a taste of sane, intelligent, stadium rock and roll concert uh, size, spectacular. I'm using big words only because those are the only words I can use to describe what we want to do. We want to do the same things comic books have been doing in the framework of pages live. There's no reason why uh, Godzilla should have the only license on breathing fire, you know? And there's no reason why... Uh, Oh, I don't know, Thor should be the only one that flies through the air with the greatest of ease. I mean, anything that's got to do with a limit on your imagination is something that doesn't involve KISS. We're here to stretch the boundaries of what rock and roll is supposed to mean, what visual entertainment is supposed to mean. We're going to try to give you the best possible show we can. That's the premise behind the band. And I think you'll see what we mean this summer. All right. Gene Simmons, hanging around Cleveland here at Cosmic Comics. And let's see what they got, huh? As a matter of fact, let's More of the afternoon exchange in just a minute. That was an awesome interview, by the way. I, I stuff like that, you just you know, you dig up vintage Kiss interviews, and it really takes you back. I, very cool. Thank you for sharing. You hear interviews with Kiss now, and it's it's just interesting to listen to that guy and to this current guy, and realize that they're both the same guy. Oh yeah, and you know, in a lot of ways, things have changed, but in a lot of ways, they have not. If you get Gene on certain topics in interviews, I've noticed, like if you talk to Gene about comic books, he's still that guy. Speaking of Kiss things coming up, there's a new Kiss comic book coming out. And uh, from what I understand, they go back in time to, what, the 30s or the 20s or something? Yeah, I think what I read was that every, you know, every like issue or every, I don't know, story in this comic book is going to focus on like a particular look. Like, so, you know, with Dress to Kill look with the suits, they're going to be gangsters during the like 30s gangster era. And, I can't wait uh, for the Asylum issue. <laughs> when they meet the Golden Girls, it's going to be fantastic. Oh, definitely. Alan Thicke will be there. It's going to be great. Mm -hmm. It's going to be killer. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's a cool comic idea. I, I just finished buying the Archie comics. I Are really they good. any good? They're fine. You know, they're fine. I mean, you know, Archie's so super consistent. It's you know, you pick up an Archie comic, you pretty much know what you're going to get, and um, they didn't really have to stretch too much to put Kiss into that formula. I would say. You know, it's a little bit, like, creepier than most Archie comics because there's, like, zombies walking around, monsters, stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, Kiss are such kind of Americana pop culture now that it fits right in. I mean, Hello Kitty is coming out with Kiss. That's, you know. And you I can mean, go putt-putting. Exactly, right, right. I did that in high school, man. Like, mini golf is like a high school thing. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those dates that you can do. Exactly. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And that's cool that it's a kiss thing. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. People complain, and I don't. I don't know. I don't get. I don't get getting upset about it. I understand to some extent if you if you cherish a brand name and you don't want it to be associated with certain things. But I don't know. This, these aren't. These don't seem particularly harmful things any more so than any of the crap that you probably bought in 1978 with the Kiss name on it. Right. So. You, with Kiss, I take what I enjoy and I ignore the rest. Kiss interviews, and it really takes you back. I, very cool. Thank you for sharing. Well, I, I think we should do that a bit more in the future because there's nothing like those wild, crazy days of the 70s. It's just amazing stuff. And that's not to ignore any other stuff in history. But like that, that actually came from WWS Cleveland, Ohio, which brings us to someone else from Cleveland, Ohio, Mr. Andrew Scambetti. He is the cat man in Mr. Speed and a hell of a drummer and a really cool guy. Um, and we're really pleased to have them on the sh- have him on the show. You know, that's a that's a band that we've you know we've all been big supporters of. We love all Kiss tribute bands, and we wish them all the best. And this is a band that made it big. You know, local kids make it big, right? Is that the saying? Mm-hmm. Right. So, welcome Andrew Scambetti to podcast. Well, thanks, Gary. Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing out there? This is Mr. Speed, and you're listening to Podcast. Andrew, you've been on quite a bit of a roller coaster lately. You've uh... You played last night at the Sly Fox, but that's not really the big thing. You recently appeared on uh, television. That's not really the big thing. But <laughs> you recently, as part of the band Mr. Speed, became the number one tribute band. It's the well, it's it's so funny how everyone's like, you know, you've done all these things recently, and you know, I guess I've succumbed to that old saying that uh, you know we're an overnight success because nobody really was aware of us prior to all these things, but, you know, like you know, and a lot of people know, you know, this band has been around for almost 20 years, been around since 1994, and it definitely wasn't an overnight success, there's been a lot of, you know, struggles, trials, tribulations, a lot of things that we had to put into this to get it to where it is now, so, um, although we've only, you know, tasted the fruits of the success nectar recently, this has been a long time coming, and we can't be more proud, you know, we're, we're like, we're like a proud papa, this was our baby, and now we get to share it with the world. Andrew, I've always thought that you guys were kind of like the de facto Kiss tribute band because you guys were the guys that played the uh, coffee house. You guys are at all the expos. And it, it always seems like when the, the Kiss army proper needs a Kiss tribute band, we, we tend to look at you guys. That's a really great thing because we have a mentality that we don't want to play one show. We want to make a relationship with the buyer, the festival owner, whomever. We always want to come back. So the relationships that we've had over the years um, allow us to be at many expos. They allow us to be at the coffee house. So we um, we have the pleasure of being really close to Keith LaRue, and Keith LaRue helps us out tremendously um, in getting these expos and getting gigs at the coffee house and things like that. So our relationship with him and working well with him and being professional is what helps us get that. And also, you know, being uh, a good band musically doesn't doesn't hurt us either. So, but um, it's really cool. Um, speaking of expos and stuff like that, one thing I always love about Mr. Speed is how you guys take a lot of time to hang out with the teens and the kids. Mm-hmm. It's neat because you guys will actually put the makeup on the kids. I, I, I noticed Joe's big into that. He... He helps the gets the kids made up and stuff like that, and 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 the whole Mr. Speed team really takes, and, and and by that I'm talking about the people that help you guys out. Mm-hmm. They they all, uh, but everybody seems to try to make every Kiss fan feel special. Well, um, the greatest thing about being in a Kiss tribute band 
is that I'm a huge Kiss fan. So when someone comes up to me and tells me a cool Kiss story, I really get off on that because I have just as many cool stories, too. When someone tells me, oh, it was really awesome when you guys played the song, Kiss never did that, I feel exactly the same. The adulation that the fans give me, I know exactly where they're coming from because I award that same adulation to Kiss. So it's a really, it's such a, a brotherhood camaraderie type thing. So when fans come up to us at shows, at expos, I always take the time to take pictures with them, talk with them, because I know I know what they're feeling, and um, it's cool. It's you know we could kiss, and being in a kiss tribute band has awarded me uh, friends from all over the world, friends from Hungary, from Germany, from Australia, from Japan, South America. I mean, because of Kiss, you know, I have I've found my place in life, if you know, if you want to say it like that. So um, it's a really great thing. I want to talk to you about the Expos a little bit more. Um, last year, about this time, uh, you were at the Indie Expo, and Eddie Belandis was there, and yeah. uh, Lydia Chris, and a bunch of people. And uh, I know that uh, you, we all of us got to hang out with Eddie, and he just he yeah. just sat down in that lobby and just talked to everybody for hours. And uh, that was that was quite a trip. Hey, this is Eddie Belandis from the Voice of Kiss. You wanted the best, you got the best. Happy anniversary to podcast number five. It was a really great thing to be able to sit and talk with Eddie because that's the guy that was there, not necessarily the inception of the band, but he was there when the band was at its first height. And, during the crazy uh, days. when it During was... the crazy days, right, right, when it was basically hysteria. So to be able to call him a friend is something that I wouldn't exchange for anything. I mean, you know, it's unfortunate that Eddie had passed earlier. It's an unfortunate thing that that happened. I'm proud to say I knew Eddie. I'm proud of the time, that the short time I had with Eddie. So it was a cool thing. The much cooler thing was being able to sing Beth to Beth, Lydia Chris. That was a, a great thing that I was able to do. And you could tell she was really touched by that. What did, what did she say about how you looked and everything? Well, it's funny. You know, Lydia and I have known each other for years and years, and she always tells me that I look just like Peter, and it's almost scary to the point where, you know, if I come up to her, it reminds her of times that Peter would walk up to her and make up or, or you know, whatever. So she says it's such a throwback for her. Um, after I sang Beth to her at the Indie Expo, she kind of looked at me, and she was like, you know, that was great. She was like, this is my favorite costume that you have, and it was, you know, Peter's favorite costume of mine, too. Which so, was the Destroyer. The Destroyer costume, which, you know, I've been wearing that rag for I don't know how many years. It's not a rag. I mean, you would actually be really surprised. People think we have one costume. You open up my closet, I have four. Just because you can't really wash the smell of makeup, BO, and beer out of that costume for only so long. So you need to have multiple. So for all you guys out there wanting to start a tribute band, get at least two costumes. Don't smell. <laughs> just, don't, just don't do it. So your closet is like Superman's uh, closet. On one side, it's Superman suits. The other side, Clark Kent suits. Actually, no. My closet is more like Batman. You go okay. into this, this secret bad cave, and there's you know a separate wardrobe that you open up, and the door opens up very dramatically. There's a light shining on my closet. That's my wardrobe. <laughs> Are you serious? No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> You know what? If I had a house and I had all the money in the world, that would be my wardrobe. But since I don't, um, I have just a regular, just my my normal utility closets where I keep all my costumes. So, um, and actually, they after I wash them, they they get hung up. So, um, but if I had if I had, if I had the fame and fortune that Kiss did, you could bet that I would have them displayed like you know Michael Keaton did in uh, the original Batman from 1989. So, like when you hit a button. The light comes on, the light levels raise, and then all of a sudden you hear that. You wanted the <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. 
is John, a.k.a. Rockmaster316. I've been a fan since 1981. You are listening to KISS Podcast. Now now we're going to move into the Monster Golf Tribute Band Contest. Mm-hmm. Tell us what it was like to be part of that. How many How many bands did you have to battle to get to the number one spot? Well, basically over 200 bands submitted. And um, when we submitted, we were like, you know, we have to do this. We have to... What Mr. The great thing about Mr. Speed is that we always keep things fresh. So we made a brand new video for this Vegas thing. We submitted it, and um, when the woman wrote us back, her name was Christina, and we're like, this is a great omen, because Rich's wife, her name is also Christina. Exactly. So we're going to take that as a great omen. So when it was announced that we were in the top four, we were, you know, extremely excited, you know, and that was because of, you know, the fans out there. They voted. They put us in the top four. So we owe everything to the fans. And um, it was a great thing when we got that. We all went out to dinner to celebrate, and then it was kind of like we found out we were in the top four, and then as the dust settled, we got into rehearsal. You know, a couple days later, we were like, what songs are we going to play? You know, what do we want to stick with the standards? Do we want to, you know, go completely rare because, you know, Mr. Speed has such an extensive song catalog that we could basically play anything. So it really took us a long time to kind of sit down and say, well, what are we going to play? It was just decided that we were going to do Modern Day Delilah. And actually, Danny... The new guy suggested that, and um, we worked it up, and we basically just played these four songs over and over and over and over again. We ran our little four our little four songs like it was a concert, like we were playing for twenty thousand people or whatever. We said, you know what? These are our four strongest songs. These are the songs that we're into. So we ended up doing Monday Delilah, Deuce, uh, Making Love, and we did Black Diamond. Uh, we chose Black Diamond because it's on record as it's one of Tommy Thayer's favorite songs. And if people haven't figured out by now, Tommy Thayer was the judge. Yeah. We get there, and we kind of really didn't know what to expect. One of the funny things is is that I've been a huge fan of Kiss Forever Band for a long time. They're the band from Hungary. And I've actually sent messages to you know Radic, Pocky, and Zoltan, the guys in the band, um, numerous times, just, you know, they were just a very good camaraderie thing, but I never met them in person. And we finally get there and we ended up hanging out with them. And let me tell you, they are four of the sweetest men you'll ever meet. You know, they were just really, really great guys. And they said something really cool that, that really touched me. They said that although we lost, we made friends with the winning band. So in the end, we actually won. So for them to say something like that, it was very cool. They are Four of the, of the nicest guys, and they're actually a really good band. You know, they wear the Sonic Boom costumes. They they sound really great. They they are the European version of Mr. Speed. So, um, or or you're the American version of of them. Yes, <laughs> but anyway, they're just we're very like minded, and the guys in the band are very similar to their counterpart. And what I mean by that is I'm very similar to Radic. You know, Danny is very similar to Pocky. It's and you know so on and so forth. So it's something really really cool. So we ended up hanging out with them quite a bit, and then we um, the day of the show we went and took a picture for the Las Vegas sign. That was cool to everybody to finally see everybody else in costume for the first time. And then we did the show, and um, the night before the show we got to pick where we wanted to be. And of course, you know, Mr. Speed being the gung ho band that we are, we wanted to be first. Because we wanted to show everybody, hey, this is how the big boys do it. And we took this stage with kind of a no prisoners, take no prisoners attitude. We just, we played our set, we gave it our all, we left the stage exhausted. I left the stage like I'd played a two-hour show, because I had this mentality, like, if I'm going to play this show, I'm going to give it everything that I got. And I did. And uh, we got off stage, we were we were emotional, but, you know, we just kind of like, hey, we did it. 
and then just standing around, they watched the other bands. It was cool. Kisteria from Australia, they did a really great version of The Oath. So uh, check those guys out. They're really cool. And uh, Rock Your Load from Texas, uh, they did a lot of great things, too. They um, brought the audience into their show, and um, they're fine musicians, and they're also good people, too. You know, I stay in contact with uh, Christopher, who plays the Paul in that band as well. It came time to announce who was the winner, and um, it was really funny. Um, when they announced it, it was like everything went in slow motion. It was like, and the winner is, and it kind of just, a little five-second you know, sentence, it felt like it lasted like ten minutes. You know, all of us in the band, we were all holding hands before the victory was announced, and Rich, you know, whispered in my ears, like, we need this. So when they said it, I, I can't even put the feeling into words because it was something that I've never experienced before and I'll probably never experience again. You know, we were all very emotional. And even when I go back and watch the video, I get kind of choked up because, um, you know, Tommy Thayer, the guys in Kiss, the guys in Monster Mini Golf, they have no idea what this means to a kid from New Jersey who wanted to do this, you know, growing up and all that stuff. So to be crowned the best in the world was great. And, you know, and aside to that, you know, I'm no stranger to Kiss Tributes. I've been to Kiss Tributes for almost 10 years now. When I started out, I was kind of looked down upon. I like, I couldn't do my makeup. I couldn't play drums well enough. I couldn't do this. So it was kind of a rite of passage kind of thing from the guy who had a lot of trouble starting out to being crowned the best. It all had come full circle. So um, I put something on my Facebook the day of the event and I said, you know, this weekend, is dedicated to everybody that said I couldn't do it.
the coolest thing about the night, though, after we had won, we went out to dinner with a Kiss Forever band. Um, the whole band bought us two bottles of champagne to celebrate. So they, and like I said before, they're great guys. So, um, and what I'm looking forward to most is going back again because, you know, for every other who doesn't know, we are playing the Monster Mini Golf opening on March 15th where Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley will be the guests. And it's going to be a great thing. It's going to be a big party. Do you think you'll get to play with Gene and Paul? I don't think so. Um, you know, uh, the, the fan in me really wants to. I know Mr. Speed has played with Ace and Bob Kulik and Eric Singer in the past. I guess Gina Paul and I guess all the current members of KISS at this time, they kind of have a mentality that they don't want to maybe lump themselves in with tribute bands, which I can understand. But if the opportunity came to it, I would be like a kid in the candy store. You would probably need to give me a diaper behind the drums after that because, you know, being, you know, five, six years old looking at the album cover of Alive 2 to, you know, fast forward, 20 years later, playing with Gina Paul, it would be something I wouldn't be able to put in words. It would probably be literally the best day of my life or the best minute and a half of my life, you know? I don't even know if I'd be able to get through it because, you know, every time I play, I look over, I see Rich, I see Danny, I see Joe. If I'm playing and looking over and I'm seeing, like, real American icons, I don't know how I would react. I mean, I don't get nervous when I go on stage, but if it was Gina Paul there, I might get very nervous, as anybody would. Have you ever given thought you know, there's been rumors that at some point Kiss might do a reality show and pick a band to be Kiss Point Two or, or Kiss Two Point or whatever the thing is. Would you be interested in participating? Absolutely. I would hope that I wouldn't have to go through a reality show. I'd hope that they would just say, Hey, that's that guy from Mr. Speed, we're gonna hire him. No audition needed. You know, my luck may not be that good, but hey, everybody can dream. I would love to do something like that. I would love to be able to just play music for a living like i'm sure every guy who you know picks up into it wants to do so if they offer me to do that you can bet your bottom dollar that i would do that i'd be the first in line i i, I hope it happens and i hope i'm able to do that hi this is tommy thayer and you're listening to podcast rock on what was your interaction with tommy thayer the night of the contest so we walk up to Tommy. I told him, I said, you have no idea what this means to a kid from New Jersey. And then I told him a funny story. I was like, hey, Tommy, you know, last time I hung out with Eric, he told me this story. He said that um, when they were in Puerto Rico in 2011, they were getting ready to, to uh, you know, go to the airport, and they saw a kid selling bootleg Kiss T-shirts. You see the front, and it was, you know, a recent photo, and then he looks at the back, and Eric was like, hey, you know, they must have used an older photo because that's not me in that picture. So Tommy looked at that shirt and said, hey, Eric – that's not Kiss. That's that tribute band, Mr. Speed, you know, from Cleveland, Ohio. So it was missed, it was Kiss on the front of the T-shirt and Mr. Speed on the back of the T-shirt. So when I heard that, I was like, yeah, we've made it. Tommy was like, I remember that. And he was like, you know, I'm kicking myself to this day for not buying those shirts because he thought it would be something cool um, to have. And I immediately looked at eBay trying to find them. I never found one, unfortunately. So if anybody listening out there, if you find one of those shirts, I will. I would love to have one. Um, even though it's bootleg, I would still love to have one. Tommy is probably the is the premier guy to judge a tribute band contest because he was in a tribute band before he was in Kiss. So for him to recognize all the effort and the time that we put into it is great. And um, he also said, um, we asked him, we're like, Tommy, so you told us we did a great job, but what can we do better? Because you know the, the idea behind Mr. Speed is we want to continue to grow, continue to be better. So Tommy said, well, you know, the songs could be a little faster. But on the other hand, 
you guys had such a solid tempo and a solid groove. I really appreciated that. So basically, for all you non-drummers and non-musicians out there, Tommy basically told me that I have you know, really good time. So I was like, oh, I was, <laughs> I was beside myself at that point. So it was really, it was very cool. I thought it was interesting that the media was making a big deal that the uh, tribute band that won the Monster Golf thing would get a meet and greet with Tommy Thayer when they didn't realize that you guys had done many meet and greets with the band. Just about every show you get to hook up with the band at some point. It's, I'm very fortunate to be able to get close to my favorite band. Um, I'm very, very fortunate to be able to meet them, take pictures with them, have them sign things for me, and have them know my name which is something really cool. Uh, we're not friends like, you know, you and I are friends, Ken. Right, right. But um, they definitely they know who I am, and they're always like, oh, hey, Andrew, good to see you again. It's something very, very cool. There was a story you told me not too long ago. You were at one of the shows, and uh, Eric was signing something, I believe. Oh, this is this is a great story. This was on the Sonic Boom Tour in 2009, and um, there was a fan backstage, and he was having, you know, Paul and Gene sign a bunch of things. And um, I guess the guy's name was Vinny. He knows Eric very well. And he said to Eric, he goes, Eric, you know, I didn't know if it was going to be you or Peter here, so I didn't bring anything for you to get signed. And Eric was like, oh, yeah? Well, Peter Chris is here. And he pointed at me. So that was <laughs> that was really cool. You know, I, I love Peter Chris, and he was basically the godfather of all things, you know, hard rock in the 70s. He was the template that everybody followed after that. He was literally the Ringo star of the 70s. He was and still is one of the most recognizable rock drummers of all time. Talking about the tribute band thing, a lot of bands tend to stay with the, the standard Kiss set list. What are some of your most unusual Kiss songs or the, the rare ones that a, a Kiss fan would be wanting to hear that you guys play? Well, the great thing about being in a tribute band is that I'm a fan of Kiss, and so I love all those deep cuts. I... I go to a Kiss show and I'm like, oh, why didn't they play Sure No Something or, you know, Watching You or why didn't they do Rocket Ride? I love all those deep cuts. So to be in a tribute band and to be in a band like Mr. Speed, we do all those rare cuts. Um, right now, uh, we are doing the entire Rock and Roll Over album from back to front. So one of my favorite, you know, rare tracks to do is probably Love Them and Leave Them. That's a really fun one to do. And, um, you know, non-Rock and Roll Over, one of my favorite things to do is probably um, Magic Touch. Or maybe sure know something. Um, I even love doing songs like Shandy, um, and uh, we even take it one step further. We done stuff off Anomaly, and we do uh, Rock Soldiers from the first Frailty's Common album. So I love the rare songs. It keeps it interesting. Anybody can get up there and play Strutter in Detroit Rock City, but it takes a real fan and it takes real practice to do the B sides and the rare songs, and the fans love it. Well, speaking of some rare songs that Mr. Speed does, why don't you do an intro to the next song? Rich came to us one day and said, hey, I really want to do Goodbye from Paul's solo album. It's one of my favorite songs. So uh, we went to the studio. We worked up Goodbye in the studio, and we actually had it in our live show for quite a while. Here is our recording of Goodbye. Hope you enjoy it.
I've actually heard you guys do that live. It was awesome. And, yeah, we, uh, we used to do it. Um, it's just it's a tough one to do because, you know, we're not like kids. We don't have a, a ready and rolling road crew. We can't do that as often as we'd like to. Speaking of Danny, he's the, he's the new guy. Uh, Danny, when he joined this band about a year and a half ago, he really breathed new life into this band. Um, it's a really funny story how we got him in the band. Um, when it came time that we needed to find a bass player, um, Mr. Speed isn't the type of band where you could walk into a guitar center or place an ad and just get a band. Um, we post that on Craigslist just as kind of a, you know, let's see what's out there. And um, Danny was the first guy to answer this ad. And um, I didn't tell him it was for Kiss. I said, tell me some of your favorite bands of the 70s. He listed off all these bands, and Kiss was absent. It was kind of funny. So I was like, well, what about Kiss? And he goes, oh, my God, I totally forgot Kiss. You know, Kiss Alive 2 was one of my first records, and they were one of my favorite bands in the 70s. So I told him, like, well, this is a Kiss tribute band. How did you feel being Gene Simmons? And I could kind of hear or see, imagine his face light up when I told him that. Uh, we met him. We auditioned with him, and uh, the rest is history. He's in the band, and he's by far the best bass player that Mr. Speed has ever had in this band. And, you know, he looks pretty good, too. Uh, you also have Rich Kosak and Joe Hess in the band. What does it take for a band to, like, work together, not just on stage, but the traveling and, you know, the whole thing? What, what do you think makes Mr. Speed work? Well, we're all really close. You know, Rich and Rich, Joe and I, and even, you know, Rich's wife, Tina, and Joe's wife, Anne, and even Danny's wife, Jen, we're all very close. We're like a really big family. We all, we spend the holidays together. We all go out to eat together. We see movies together. It's, it's something that I've always wanted in every band I've been in. You know, Rich is one of my closest friends ever. I think us being so close off stage is what makes us so good on stage. You know, the chemistry that, that Rich and I generate on stage it's second to none, and that's not to exclude that's not to exclude Joe by any means because Joe is a huge part of this band as well as Danny. But I think Rich and I are the most alike because we have very similar tastes in music and very similar um, tastes in a lot of things. Um, but again, I don't want to downplay the other two guys because they're just as important if not more important, as Rich and I. You mentioned Joe. He also uh, helps make the costumes. I was just going to say that, too. I was just going to say that Joe is the MacGyver of the band. He, <laughs> he is. He could take some popsicles, like some bubble gum, and probably make a jean costume out of it. Um, but Joe makes the costumes, and he has a really good eye for this kind of stuff, too. He actually made Danny's costume. We cannot downplay you know, Joe's contribution to this band. We can't downplay Danny's, either. Danny's the electrician. Something goes wrong if a light isn't working. Dan's like, well, let me just do this and do the other thing. All of a sudden, it works again. And then what he did is he installed electrical outlets and all kinds of lights in the back of our speakers so that when you know we're backstage tuning our guitars, it's all lit up and you don't have to search for power. So everybody in the band brings something to the band. I can just see the next ad from Mr. Speed. Looking for a bass player. Must spit blood. Must breathe fire. Must be a trained electrician. <laughs> well, lucky for us, we won't be posting an ad for quite a long time. But that, I mean, that goes for any member. It's like, imagine they were posting an ad for Joe. Must be able to have a smoking guitar. Also, must be able to make costumes and be able to tolerate three other Kiss fans. I mean, you know, it, getting into Mr. Speed is probably the hardest band anybody will ever get into. During the contest for the Monster Golf Tribute Band thing, uh, you guys had to go through not just one round but how many rounds did you guys have to go um there was the there was the round where we were picked for the top 20 and, and um i guess the staff at monster mini golf and tommy thayer 
pick the top 20 out of some 200-odd entries. And um, then once the top 20 was announced, fans voted to pick the top four. So we actually went through two rounds before we got to play and show our stuff to Tommy and the other guys. Um, so we you know, submitted a video, and then uh, the fans voted. Well, speaking of fans, um, I know Mr. Speed has some pretty loyal fans. I, of course, label myself as uh, a friend and a fan of the band. Uh, are there any fans you'd like to give a shout-out or say hello to? I want to shout-out to everybody at uh, KISS Fan Site. They were one of the very first fanatical supporters of the band. But um, So anybody involved with that, I want to give a shout-out. Um, I'm not sure who's running it now. I just want to give a blanket statement and say, KISS Fan Site, you guys are great in my book. Um, I want to give a shout-out to the podcast because what some of you people there may not know is I've been listening to it since the very first show. Yes, you have. The very first show where it was the interview of KISS the the night before their Madison Square Garden 1977 concert. That was the first time I heard the podcast and the first podcast show. Once I heard that, I was hooked. So, um, But I also want to give a shout-out to all the fans that voted for us. Karen Andrews, you know, she always helps us out. She, I think she runs our section of the KISS fan site. Yes, Karen's she does. Been a, Karen's been a great supporter, and, you know, um, Karen's also a great friend. So um, it's always great to see Karen and all of her family. Um, but I also want to mention somebody very, very important in the Mr. Speed family, and that's Jim Neff. For all, oh, those, yeah. who don't, yeah. for all those who don't know Jim Neff, he's the guy that brought KISS to Cadillac, and he also brought Mr. Speed to Cadillac. Uh, whenever we correspond with Jim via email, he always signs it five, because Jim Neff is the fifth member of Mr. Speed. Everything Jim has done for us, he's welcomed us with open arms, not in not only into Cadillac, but into his home, and he's someone that I'm proud to call a friend. Yeah, he's a really neat guy. I've talked to him. Uh, we want to do a whole show with him soon. He, but He's got some great stories, too. Oh, he does. And he's hilarious. Like I don't know if you guys know how hilarious he actually is. Well, we're going to find out on our upcoming episode of the podcast. But um, so, so, like, he's, he's number five. What, what is my number? Um, maybe six and a half. No, I don't six know. And I mean, a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jim. I mean, Jim brought us to Cadillac, and more than once. And um, I guess since Jim was around for Kiss, you know, in those formative years, you know, seventy four, seventy five, when he tells us we're the best, that almost comes as um, someone who's seen Kiss at their prime. For us to say that we're the best is something I, I can't put into words because he was there for Kiss's original climb to stardom. So for him to say the same thing to us is great. We must be doing something right. It was really neat to see the pictures of you guys standing on that same football field that Kiss stood on. and It's just kind of amazing to walk around Cadillac, isn't it? Yeah, you know, the funny thing is um, when I first met Rich, I said, hey, what would you think about going to Cadillac and playing in Cadillac and he said he's like you know no one else has ever said that to me and I was like well I've always wanted to play Cadillac because I see the clips and I hear what it was like to have kids in Cadillac so for me to be able to go to Cadillac and have them say you know Mr. Speed is Cadillac's kids tribute is great because I know what that means and I don't take it lightly you guys are recently on television channel 8 uh, the Fox station out of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh-huh. We right. were on, yeah, we were on the Fox Eight News. They feature bands every so often, and uh, we were able to be featured on there. Um, actually, the way we got on the new show is Joe's, who plays Ace. His sister sent an e- email to Fox Eight and says, "Hey, my brother's band. 
there in the top four Kiss True Bands in the world. You should have them on. So they actually scheduled our performance before we were crowned victorious in Vegas. And, um, you know, when we figured out about this performance, we were kind of like, how cool would it be if we're able to share this great news on the air that we're the number one Kiss Tribute band? So um, it was a very cool thing. Um, we basically got to the new station at the crack of dawn, and we had to set up in between news segments. So basically every time you see, you know, them cut to a news clip outside the studio, there was us rushing with, like, Marshall cabinets and tuning drums and guitars, and then everybody had to be quiet on set, and we had to kind of sit and wait. And another two minutes came, we had to set everything up, and maybe we got a sound check, maybe we didn't. Um, but the funniest thing about this whole thing is uh, we have all these elaborate costumes and makeup and all that. Rich gets done putting on his makeup, and he's like, oh, my God, I forgot my bodysuit. So Tina, uh, Rich's wife, had to jump in the car and race down to Medina, where Rich lives, grab his bodysuit, come back in. And he was putting on his bodysuit as they were counting down, you know, 10, 9, just running on the stage of the platforms. Um, but we made it. And you guys played, what, two songs? We played four songs. Okay. Uh, we, we played uh, Detroit Rock City, Shouted Out Loud, Calling God Your Love, and Rock and Roll All Night. But only very short clips of the song. Right. They would go in and out of the... Yeah, we would go in and out of commercial breaks and things like yeah. that. It was very cool. Well, Andrew, thank you for stopping by. Uh, as always, it's good to catch up with you. And yeah, uh, it, was, it was it was a pleasure. You know, um, I'm such a huge fan of this show, so to be able to be on it is great. Well, since you're a big fan, I'll let you make this next announcement about our next show. If you enjoyed this, be sure to tune in to the next podcast. Well, I will be featured at a roundtable discussion talking about Kiss's famous 1977 album, Love Gun. All right, Love Gun! Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> do me a favor, say hi to the guys, Rich. I absolutely will. Joe and Danny. I absolutely will. And they, I'm sure they'll send the, their best right back to you. Um, you know, we appreciate everything you do for us, and we're honored to be able to call you a friend of the band. Well, even if I'm six and a half, I'm, I'm going to go with 13. <laughs> 13, okay. Yeah, I'll be 13. We'll be like <laughs> Slipknot. There'll be like nine guys. There'll <laughs> be like nine guys on stage. <laughs> you, know, you know what I don't understand about that band? It's like there's nine people on stage, and I'm like, what are these other eight people doing? You I don't know? know, because really the drummer, there's the, the drummer, the bass player, and, and the guitarist the, – Seriously, the last time I saw them at the House of Blues on Cleveland, mm-hmm. the one guitarist couldn't make it, and he wasn't missed, really. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> and, I'm a, and, and I like, I love Slipknot, don't get me wrong, but, you know, it's kind of like Chicago. If that third trumpet player isn't there, is it really yeah, good? Yeah, nobody really, you know nobody really I mean? misses it. But it's got to be easier to be in a Slipknot cover band or tribute band, because you just get a mask, you know, and a jumpsuit, oh, so you're right. all set. Right, right. Guy doesn't necessarily have to look like Jim Root. He has to wear Jim Root's mask. Right. So anyway, but uh, yeah. And plus, I never understood how nine guys get paid in a band. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, whenever I'm in a band, I want to be like a three-piece band. I like to split the profit. <laughs> Hell, I'll be in a one-man band. Just pay me. <laughs> With an accordion. With an accordion. between these. <laughs> Andrew, am I right in understanding that you are something of a rarity? You're a member of a tribute band that has a drum sponsorship. Yeah, it's a really great thing. Uh, BIB Drums, they, um, I was able to secure a drum endorsement through them last year. They built a, an awesome set for me. And um, they're actually, their company is based out of my hometown in New Jersey. So I thought it was fitting that they endorsed me, both being you know from New Jersey. 
for all your custom drum needs, make sure you check out www.bibdrums.com. Did we just get commercialed? Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. It's in my, it's in my, <laughs> you know, it's in my contract. Well, if this was a Mr. Speed album, it would say on the back, Andrew plays B&B because he plays the best. Or yeah, because B&B because he wants to. <laughs> yeah. Remember, like, you'd flip over Destroyer or whatever, and it would have that on the back. And it's like, I didn't know if Gibson or Pearl drums were good, if Gibson guitars or Pearl drums were any good. I just knew I wanted them because Kiss played them. Because Kiss played them. That's the, that's the purpose of endorsements. Yeah. Actually, on one of, I can't remember where I saw this, but another tribute band um, was like, you know, so-and-so tribute band plays Gibson guitars and Pearl drums because they're supposed to. So I thought that, I, I thought that, was, thought that was funny. We want to thank Andrew Scambetti and great interview, Ken. I mean, really, really cool. Uh, you know, good job on that one. He's a nice guy, and it couldn't have happened to a you know nicer bunch of guys. And now we look forward to the next episode, which is the roundtable for Love Gun. See you on the next podcast. Like us on Facebook. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late great Eric Carr, and the late great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podkist is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podkist is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podkist crew, Thank you for listening to Podkist, the KISS fanzine for your ears. Yeah, who, who gives me the love, who gives me the gun, or do I have to supply my own gun? Who, uh, who do I talk to about that? Well, let's just hope you're not carrying blanks. <laughs> Hello, groovy guys and groovy gals. This is Gene Simmons of KISS. Hang on, I gotta, I gotta get my headphones on. Hold on a second. Headphones. Tail phone. Can you hear me? Yep. Do you hear me? Do you care? Do you care? Hi, the one. Is that the one? Oh, search that up. Search that up. Search that up. Oh, search them. There's nothing I need.